Welcome to Paranormal Underground Radio. Join us each week as we delve into some of life's most complex questions. It's time to explore the unexplained with your hosts, Karen Frazier and Rick Hale. It is Thursday night, and if you can hear my voice, you're exactly where you need to be. I'm your host, Rick Hale. This is Paranormal Underground Radio at hazyradio.com. Welcome. Uh, Karen might be joining us tonight. Um, she is having some weather out in her neck of the woods. So, um, you know, hopefully she will be able to uh, jump in sometime very soon. So uh, otherwise, you know, we have got a great show lined up for you tonight. We welcome to the show Rachel Hoffman and Tina Starr of Paranormal Expeditions and True Crime Paranormal. So we'll be talking to them tonight. It should be uh, should be a really great conversation. Um, you know, otherwise, uh, Cheryl, you there? Yes. Hi. Hi. Good evening. Let us talk about the magazine. What do we got going on right now? Anything uh, you know that any news you'd like to add? Mm-hmm. Um, yes, we are working feverishly on our December issue. And okay. um, hopefully, I don't really have a, a date as to when that's going to come out. My my goal is by next weekend uh, before Christmas. And right. um, if uh, our listeners are interested in checking it out, they can go to paranormalunderground.net and uh, get a copy there. Um, or they can go to magcloud.com and they can purchase a paper copy on demand there. So they can get it a few different ways. And, um, yeah, we've got another good lineup. And uh, we have uh, a profile on uh, Alan Tiller of Haunting Australia. Yeah, you know, he's a a really interesting uh, guy. I've actually, I've I've seen a couple episodes of... um, of of uh, hunting Australia, and yeah. it's a it's a really great show. I really enjoyed it. Yep, and that that's the show that he I think uh, cr- uh, came up with with um, investigator Rob Demarest. Right. So yeah. um, yep. So that's that's it's more of our parachat feature, which is a little bit different than a profile. It's kind of like uh, Paul Green, the author, um, also known as the psychic biker. Uh, mm-hmm. Comes up with some interesting questions for the guests that are they're kind of uh, outside the paranormal realm, but but it's an interesting right. feature. And then um, we are going to have um, a few articles. One that you wrote on some haunted cemetery, yeah, haunted cemeteries in Florida. Sorry, that's okay. in our haunted sites feature. And uh, also we have an article on um, Grays. For our Are We Alone column, obviously that's about the um, uh, Zeta reticulans. <laughs> so that's yes, just, the yes, be, uh, the uh, Betty and Barney Hill exactly. Incident. You know, you know your stuff. That's what it's about. Yes, I do. Uh, that, that's that's part of it. Um, yep. We have Karen on the line. So what I'm going to try oh, and do is right. add Karen to our 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 call and okay. see if her weather holds out. And hopefully she can join us. So here we go. Okay. Adding Karen. Da, da, da. Yeah, and it's um, kind of, 
Yep. And uh, so, the, yeah, look out more topics like that. Um, we have a column on the Wizard Clip Poltergeist. Um, okay. We have a column on, uh, it's a second part in Karen's series on the reincarnation experience as a bridge to higher spiritual truth. Um, and Karen, are you there? I'm here. Woo! Welcome. All right. Hello, Good Karen. Good God, what a day. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I can't believe you right? made it tonight. That's, I mean, yeah. Well, we'll see. As long as the wind doesn't block, knock the power out, we, um, I just watched two Transformers blow down in the valley and part of the, you know, and like sections of lights go off. So fingers oh, crossed. Oh, well, yeah. well, thanks for joining us. If, if you get disconnected, have a good night. <laughs> yeah, so if I suddenly disappear, yeah. you know what happened right. to me. Um, real quick, because I know we're, we're coming up on our time to go to break and talk to our guests, but I, we were just talking about the next issue, and I was talking about your series on the reincarnation experience as a bridge mm-hmm. to a higher spiritual truth. Mm-hmm. And in the December issue, we're running part two, which is the second half of, of your of your article. And um, I I hope that our readers get a chance to read it, because... It's it's some really great stuff, and Karen has done some extensive research into um, the reincarnation experience. Not only um, she not only shares what she has learned through you know researching, reading, you know all that, but her own personal experience. So I don't know if you want to talk about that for a minute, um, but that's that's I love the articles that you did on that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, um, I've I've researched it rather extensively. And um, as a matter of fact, what you're essentially printing is is part of what was my my master's thesis. Mm-hmm. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. so, but it's it's I I think it's written in an accessible way, not a yes. uh, researchy way. Not at all. I, yeah. I hope that's my that was my plan anyway. But yeah. you know, reincarnation is such a, has always been such a fascinating topic to me, and and I've talked about on the show a lot that I've I've chased it, learning about it. Mm-hmm. Um, by having past life regression hypnotherapy and things like that. And so while it's always been interesting to me, um, this stuff that I learned about myself and Nellie Sharp has kind of brought it home to me that maybe there's a reason that I spent all this time researching it. And really what it's done for me is it's it's helped me to look at the world and and people as spirits as opposed to you know that jackass who lives down the hill or something like that and so it's it's changed my view of things and so the sort of the um ultimate gist of the articles i guess is that you can look at what's been proven about reincarnation and what people have experienced about reincarnation and use that to um move you to a a different spiritual experience Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. definitely. And and um, we've had a you, you've written about reincarnation in the past. We've had a lot of great articles mm-hmm. on the magazine. So this is a um, this this goes even deeper, in my opinion, than than what we've covered in the past. So I think it's it's really great stuff. Um, yeah, last month yeah. I kind of went through all of the proof. I think mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how you broke it all up, so I, I don't know what it is this month. But. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's basically a continuation of looking at more at the researchers. Um, and, and how basically they, many of them went from skeptics to believers and how that came about. And then it goes into you, to your personal experience as a skeptic and then how you became to be a believer. Yeah. So yeah, it covers that. Um, oh, before Groovy. I forget, Groovy. Also, I wanted to mention that our guests tonight, um, Tina and Rachel have a, 
guest editorial in this issue as well. And you, if you get a chance to talk to them about it, this topic may come up. It's it's basically a coverage of women in the paranormal, um, mm. and then as well as a little bit about um, you know ghost hunting being a spiritual process. So. Um, oh, right know. up my alley, because you yep. hear me bitch all the time that paranormal is a boys club, <laughs> and that ghost hunting is a spiritual process, so it's, there you go. Right up your alley. So anyway, <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna let you guys go, so have a good show. All right. <laughs> all right. Does that mean that there's actually a new issue out? We were just talking about that. Um, I'm hoping by next weekend, before Christmas, but oh, cool. I no promises. We're, we're working hard to make all it right. happen, but soon, very soon. All right, sorry, I'm behind. I'm out That's of the okay. loop. Like I say, it's no, been no. it's been a day. All right, <laughs> thank you. Ah, uh. so uh, so yeah, between your weather and my my really really bad internet connection out here in the uh, at our farmhouse in the middle of nowhere, it's, it should be it should make for a very interesting show. <laughs> Well, you know, and I I had to drive up to Seattle today to get Tanner from school, uh-huh. and um. I was telling Cheryl, it's it was like driving for six and a half, seven hours with somebody that had a fire hose trained on my car. It was just really stressful, bad, bad driving conditions all around. You know, you'd about every hundred yards or so, you'd hit standing water and hydroplane. So that was great. Yeah, well, that's what it's you know there you know here in the winter, of course, you know we usually get a lot of snow here in the Midwest and. Uh, you know, it'll be like you have, you got it like, you know, 20 or 30 feet of, you know, it's like, yeah, it's kind of clear. But then you like hit that where it's like, wow, it really just seems like they didn't do much of anything. But, you know, Lake Lake and McHenry County, Illinois, the, they're both very well known for not giving a damn <laughs> until yeah. the, until the, until the uh, snowstorm is over. You know, but I wanted to go back a little bit on the um, on the reincarnation because reincarnation also fascinates me as well. And there has been a lot of compelling stories in the news lately. Um, you know, a little Russian boy who, you know, talked about, you know, where his body, where his, mm-hmm. the, the, the former, you know, body of his, of his spirit was, and they were able to catch the killers. And, and it's just, there's, there's just been a lot lately that is, you know, bolstered my belief in reincarnation. Well, you know, and kids especially, um, Dr. Ian Stevenson did a lot of work with kids. As a matter of fact, the body of the research he did was in kids and their reincarnation experiences. And I truly believe that you're, we're going to see as we go through the, you know, the next several years, more and more of these things coming out and more people, even not children, but adults coming in contact with it because I think that it's all part of this whole you know it sounds cliche but people talk about kind of the thinning of the veil I think that we're moving into a more spiritual aid and we need age and we need these things to help move us in that direction and so I think you're going to see more things like that coming out in the news yeah no I agree and you you talk about the thinning of the veil and I think that that's you know a lot of you know uh, it used to be that it was like all right well the television shows are the reason (laughs) Not Sorry, really. just ignore them. It's That's the wind. Okay. That's okay. It's like not really necessary. I do think that there has been a a greater interest in uh, spiritual issues. I kind of like to think of it as being like this is spiritualism of the 21st century. Yeah, I, I think so too. Right. I think that's a, a good call. So uh, let's do this. Let's go to break. It'll give me a few minutes more to be a little less discombobulated than I am. And uh, when we come back, we'll have our guests. Does that sound good to you? Sounds good to me. 
All right, guys, stick around. We'll be back in a few minutes. Paranormal Underground Radio on hazyradio.com. Hey, everyone, Chucky G here. Come join me on my show, In the Dark Radio, where we talk with guests on everything from ghosts to cryptids. Starting from 10.30 p.m. to 12 a.m. Eastern, come into the zone and have some fun, right here on the Hazy Radio Network. Hey, Hazy Radio listeners. Do you like animated movies and TV shows? Do you ever wonder just what goes into making the magic that appears on your screen? Join Doug Engler and Brandon Ahrens every Sunday night for Animazing Radio. Animazing will feature everything in the animation arena, from voice actors and actresses to illustrators, producers, and more. Only on Animazing Radio will you find the very best in animation from around the world. Catch Animazing Radio every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, only on the Hazy Radio Network. Babies, you gotta just roll with that flow. Yeah, right into the great daylight as the sun rises right there in your heart. Starting at 7 a.m. Eastern Time and running right into high noon, you've got the Coyote Medicine Show in the mornings with your host, Grandpa Peter Coyote, helping you take flight right into the heart, baby. That's right. You gotta know, you gotta get in the flow. The Coyote Medicine Show, only on the Hazy Radio Network. This is Karen Frazier, writer and radio host with Paranormal Underground. Since I wrote my book, Avalanche of Spirits, The Ghosts of Wellington in 2010, people have asked me what happened next. In my new book, Dancing with the Afterlife, a paranormal memoir, my Wellington story continues. Dancing with the Afterlife is more than the continuation of the Wellington story, however. It's also the story of a lifetime of afterlife research and paranormal encounters. What I've learned has changed my life, and it might change yours as well. To learn more about Dancing with the Afterlife or to read an excerpt from the book, visit DancingWithTheAfterlife.com. Thank you. This weekend, unplug. Getting closer to nature can get you closer to your family. To find the forest nearest you, go to DiscoverTheForest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council.
Hi, this is Hazy, and you're listening to the Hazy Radio Network. The views expressed and the opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Hazy Radio Network, its affiliates, or sponsors. All shows are independently owned and broadcast for entertainment purposes only. Welcome back to Paranormal Underground Radio at HazyRadio.com. We are your hosts, Karen and Rick. Joining us tonight is going to be Tina Storr and Rachel Hoffman of Paranormal Expeditions and True Crime Paranormal. Thank you guys so much, and welcome to the Underground. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Thank you for having us. Good evening. So, True Crime Paranormal. Tell me about that, because that sounds really cool. Basically, we are trying to merge... um, previous uh, criminal cases with the paranormal and we have decided to kind of take this venture we actually had been sitting on this for quite some time um it's a it's an area of sensitivity for some people Mm -hmm. um as we know that in the paranormal there's a grace period for all locations where devastation and uh different kinds of uh acts of criminology have been performed so we were sensitive in the beginning to not take on cases that had been less than a decade old Sure. Um, You know, we wanted to kind of uh, contact the families and give everybody a chance to kind of air out what they felt was going on, if they felt like it was an appropriate time. And so we kind of just got brave and went forward, and we found that people really enjoyed the aspect, and we really enjoyed getting close to the um, the victims, uh, you know, the ghosts of the victims, which we made contact, we felt, with each and every single one of them. Um, Yes. in each and every single case that we've been on. Um, but that's, it's still pretty brand new for us. Um, we have a lot to look forward to as far as the caseload, um, cause there is so much high crime out there that, um, you know, right. can be, uh, investigated, but. See, that's yeah, so, that's so what, fascinating to me because I actually have wondered about this and thought about this for years because I have two things that really interest me. One is the paranormal and one is true crime. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So yeah. you guys, and then yeah, Cheryl told friend. me you guys like wrote an editorial that about about women in the paranormal and how paranormal is a, a um, bridge to the spiritual. And so I think that you guys are like my sisters from another mother. Seriously, <laughs> because because you, I mean, so you're hitting, you're, you're firing on all cylinders for me, and I almost missed this show. <laughs> oh my goodness! It was Can't great. I know oh, that would have been awful. So, but the true, the true crime. This is something that I've always thought about. We had um, up here in Seattle um, a about ten years ago now something called the Wami massacres, and it occurred in downtown Seattle, and it was at a uh, like a downtown Asian gambling club um, down in Chinatown. And somebody came in and shot up the place and killed a bunch of people. And then the family sealed up the restaurant, and it's never been opened since. Oh, and, oh wow. But people, it's, it's a basement thing, so people have shot pictures through the windows. And I swear, some of the pictures you see, I, I saw one picture that somebody took through the window, and I swear to God there were like 15 Asian faces in this, in this photograph that wow. I saw. Wow, I got um, chills when you said that. Yeah, and so so that actually is what originally got me started thinking about true crime and the paranormal and how they really do dovetail together. But you're right, there is a big sensitivity issue because, like, the, the family who owns this WAMI club, they don't want 
it yeah. to even be talked about. They're, they boarded it up because a part of their culture is is that they that they that this is shameful and they need to ignore it. And it needs to go away. Right, yeah. and that's that's when you're coming to merging that um, the whole aspect of you know it's uh, true any anything true crime is, is public information. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Even the layman person would be allowed to go in and open a case. It's, it's our right as um, American citizens, and it's one of the one of the reasons that um, I was so I was I was so able to be able to access this information. Mm-hmm. Um, I have Pinterest crime boards that most people can't stomach. Yeah, and, and it's, rough. <laughs> it's pretty rough because um, I really feel as though the details of the last moments of someone's life is truly incredibly, you know, important. It's what scars mm-hmm. the universe. It it it's what leaves uh, the credibility to the residual activity that happens in these places. Yeah. Um, three o'clock every day when someone was murdered, they you know they're reliving, they're redying. Yeah. And you're there catching that star in the universe that kind of lingers in the air. And so for a lot of these people, Tina likes to say a lot of the times these serial killers get these movies made about them. And yeah. Rachel, like, she focuses on, like, the mind of the serial killer. She does an amazing job, like, analyzing the crime scene and really getting into that, the criminal mind of it. And um, we just try to focus on the victims as well because, like she said, um, the, the, these serial killers, they're glorified. They get the books, they get the movies, mm-hmm. and but right. can you name any of their victims? What about them? They were people too, and we want to kind of bring their memory back and bring give them a voice again and let right. them be heard and, and right. let them yeah, be forgotten. Well, and you know, I live in the region where we have two of the most notorious silly serial killers of the last you know thirty years. Uh, Ted Bundy would be one, mm-hmm. and uh, Gary Ridgeway, um, the Green River Killer. Uh, Yep, and yeah, and I'm an expert on both of those. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you are. Um, oh, yeah, I'm a serial killer like buff. That's that's my big thing. Yeah, um, I don't get her started. <laughs> oh, yeah. I actually grabbed my friend's paper on criminology last night while we were in Salem, and I was, she was like, "I have to do the, um, you know, the psychology of a serial killer," and I was like, "Let me find you the answer." <laughs> and I actually, I was originally going to focus on Ted Bundy, but then I went back to re kind of like. Uh, giving breath into Ed Gain, even though he truly wasn't a serial killer, he only topped at two victims. But um, but just learning the difference between a psychopathic and a sociopathic mind, um, I think it's really important to be able to differentiate the difference so that people yeah. can see that there are people that are truly mentally ill. It's a cop yeah. out in most of the cases, but there are you know the the general sociopathic individual that that goes out and uh, you know has these uh, typical serial killer type behaviors. And then well, there are people that are just truly crazy. What is yeah. the difference between a psychopath and a sociopath? Well, a sociopath is kind of like the arrogant, um, treat everyone like an object. It doesn't really um, affect them. There's, it's, you know, everyone's an object to them. That's kind of Ted Bundy's profile. If you think about it, he, um, you know, everyone was just nothing to him. It didn't really right. matter. Where Ed, yeah. where Ed gained more, he was a grave robber and he was more the the psychopath, he was truly mentally ill. He was robbing graves to make himself a suit of many women, kind of the Buffalo Bill. Um, that's where Buffalo Bill originated from. Um, Ed Gain also is where a lot of the, uh, the, the motives and different things like that for a lot of the uh, serial killings that you'll see now, you know, the um, different kinds of aspects that you can see are 
I'm blanking. Sorry, I'm having one of those. That's okay. It's okay. Um, so yeah, I definitely, I definitely think that Ed Gain is um, more prolific in that sense to um, to want to put together these women's bodies. My my theory on that is that he wanted to be a woman, and so oh. he was actually he was actually treated in, in a mental facility. He was never put in prison. So okay. I find that to be an interesting differentiation to see. Yeah. You know. <clears throat> so well, being uh, a sociopath is so being a sociopath isn't a, that's not a mental illness. Well, it's sort of an arrogance, I guess it would be. Um, going back and tracing the steps from a lot of these individuals, I'm finding that these men generally had like a, a martyr in their lives, and it was a religious martyr constantly telling them what to do and you know, degrading them in certain ways. And a lot so, of like mommy issues. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and we have found that, that that's what I trace back. And it, it doesn't always have to be the mother. It can be no. the aunt, the grandmother. So like, I really, a lot of like female, like figures in their lives really kind of, um, who is it that found out? Was it Ted Bundy that found out his, his mother his, is his sister. His, his, well, yeah, his sister, sister was actually his mother. And so she had him when she was 16 years old and the, the parents raised him. And then he was in college right before the initial killing spree, he found out that he was his uh, sister's, you know, it, it was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was actually his mother. Um, yeah, so there was a lot of things there that fueled a lot of that um, that fire. So I you found know, some it, similarities with cases like that. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I work in the uh, mental health field. That's uh, that's what I do. And, um, you know, we always like, to, we, we always say that it's like, we, we differentiate between the two that, the sociopath is born, but the psychopath is made. It's just yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I mean, we find that with the sociopaths that we do treat, that they just that they come from very they come from halfway decent families, no real trauma in their life. They were just sort of born, you know. And I'm saying it with air quotes. Bad, yeah, you know, yeah. Well, you know, as a mom, you worry about um, as a mom of sons. You know, I always wonder, okay, have I done anything to turn him into a serial killer? <laughs> <laughs> I, I like to think not. I'm like, am I raising the Antichrist? Yeah, you yeah. know, you definitely look for all those signs and things like that in, in everyday behaviors, especially when you're prone to look for those types of behaviors. And, um, no, hopefully not. <laughs> hopefully, yes. hopefully that's not the case. But I feel as though, um, I feel as though Rick is right in that aspect is that, um, you know, there, there is something going on, uh, brain wise, I feel, um, with certain individuals. Uh, there's definitely, you know, people that have been tainted, behaviors are learned. Um, there's plenty of reasons why I could see that, you know, Ed Gain turned psychopathic in the end. Um, and well, it, yeah, it yeah. has to do with, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, I mean, I, I understand that. I, I, I live I live about thirty miles north of Chicago and, and not too far away from the Wisconsin border. So we're all very well acquainted with El, with um, with Gein up in this area. And it's like his mother, from what I understand, was just very um, very religiously oppressive with him. Yeah. yeah, and that was one of the that was one of the religious martyrs that I'm referring to. As he, right. if you actually look through the um, the crime scene photos. His house was absolutely a mess. It's, it's disgusting. There's mold all over the place. But the mother's room is, you know, with her body still in it after he robbed her grave also. Um, 
had been encased in this very clean, very like clean linens. Um, mm-hmm. It's very spooky to walk through and see um, how he felt. You know, he he kind of came into her favor, and then she died. So he or he she she fell ill with cancer, and then she died. So I feel as though he was trying to hang on to the last moment. But again, then we're sitting there talking about the serial killer the whole time. We do we know more about the the victims, and and that's what we were fighting to do in each and every one of these cases, um, case by case, going back and making sure that we um, lay focus on the victims and try to find out through, um, we are now using biotechnology to kind of press the rewind button on the scenes of these crimes to be able to see um, if truthfully these what these killers are saying uh, happened in that room or these rooms or, or this place um, during the last moments of the victim's life actually were true. I think that they deserve that. Um, I know that, you know, a murderer isn't the most reliable source in every yeah. circumstance. They glorify sure. things, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. So um, so I think being able to go back and actually putting a thumbprint on some of these uh, situations and then going in with our paranormal equipment and being able to lend credibility to the voice of the victim, um, that's really our goal in this. Well, I think that that's a, a great goal because you're right. Um, you know, the victims, really, the people who remember the victims are their families and their friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, other than that, they sort of become just part of this faceless mass, I guess, of people killed yeah. by serial killers. Yeah, it's true. Just another victim, like another number almost. Like, what was your favorite color? Like, how? Like, what was what were they like in their everyday lives? You know, it's they're people too, and they're stripped from that. So yeah. we try to put the pieces back put together, the humanity back. Sure, they're a person too. Yeah. Well, but you know, a lot of and and maybe I'm wrong, but it seems like a lot of serial killers prey on victims who are sort of. Um, marginalized members of society for instance mm-hmm. i know mm-hmm. ridge ridgeway killed prostitutes and i i think um no i i don't know i don't remember if ted bundy killed prostitutes or if he killed them no no he, actually, he, he, um, he killed people college students college yeah. that's right and, right and, and prostitutes are people i mean no i know i, I when i said i'm sorry i've had a hell of a day uh, but he that's killed okay. what i meant is he killed he killed uh i just didn't finish my thought he killed people who were maybe less marginalized people who had families that right. were very close to them and things but i know that right. there are a lot of serial killers who who do tend to prey on people who whose society deems perhaps matter less even though they don't Right. Yeah, no, and and that's the same thing. Jeffrey Dahmer, um, his his um, he had all male victims. Um, Essentially, like what we focused on with our true crime paranormal, um, our Freetown, we focused on the New Bedford Highway killer. It was still an unsolved murder. Um, right. Eleven prostitutes from Fall River Freetown area were killed, and two were never found. So we actually worked with um, a detective, Robert Ferreira. He actually worked on the case back in the late. 80s, mid to late 80s, and um, he remembers these women as they were in life, and he was there when they were. Yeah. He was there when they were found. So, so kind of using those pieces of their life to make contact with them, and the results we got were unbelievable. It was so, and yeah, yeah and he has been. He has been on the on the um, the the forefront really since these since these ladies have been um, 
have been found and the two have, that haven't been found. He's really been on the forefront of the voice that is behind them, trying to give them back that that piece of humanity that's so important. Yeah. And, and absolutely, people um, people are targeted due to different circumstances. Um, individuals like Ted Bundy is looking for somebody, you know, that, that he can really make feel, you know, degraded or, you know, right. and these women are beautiful, they're educated. And the same thing is like, it's that throwaway factor that are in some people's mind that, you know, that worthlessness and a sociopathic mind that the individual that they're going to kill in massive numbers was not relevant to society in some way. And so therefore they're justifying it to themselves that they're doing society some kind of favor. Um, and I feel well, like I know that with, with oh, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go, uh, no, go ahead, please. I'll, I'll finish what I was going to say when you're done. Oh, no, I was just, I was thinking, um, back to the trial of the Ridgeway case when the victim's, uh, impact statements came through at the end where they were, everybody was really angry and talking about how much, um, Ridgeway had taken from their lives. Yeah. And, you know, and you remember that one, the one, uh, he looks like Santa Claus, the father um, came mm-hmm. up and he actually forgave Gary Bridgeway. And yes, he, I do remember that. was the that. only time he cried. That was the only yeah, time I... he cried. Right. And um, that's one of the most amazing things is to be able to have the individuals come back and say, you know, put, put that piece of the puzzle back together. And, you know, you're talking to the wall as far as these people are concerned. They don't care. That was just an object to them. They, they yeah. probably love reliving it, you know. Well, and forgiveness, but, um, forgiveness is not for the person you're forgiving. You forgive for yourself. I mean, to me, yeah. what forgiveness mm-hmm. is, is saying, I am no longer going to let you affect me. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. so, too. And it's that chip on the shoulder. And uh, this guy was, you know, he was backed by Jesus in his statements um, for forgiveness. And I, I mean, I cried. I was, it was just incredibly sad to see the compassion that this individual still had for another human life. Regardless of, um, you know, the, the, his daughter's life was taken from, from him. Um, and I, and it, it is sad, but to go back and say, you know, these are the individuals that this was, this was who they were before they died. And then getting those really strong EDPs or getting those really strong, um, pieces of evidence to validate some of the experiences. Um, that's where it's at for us. I think it would be very powerful, but I think do do you sometimes get things that are do you do you do any of this psychically or is this all evidence based? A lot of it's evidence evidence based. Um, personal experience is a lot of our a lot we yeah. a lot of our psychic intuition comes from what we're feeling. Um, uh, we mm-hmm. both have we both see things. Yeah, we'll see mm-hmm. at the same time, describe the same things, and we'll have the scientific equipment to kind of back those things up. So it's kind of a perfect marriage of spirituality and science, and yeah, that's kind of what we're all about. And we use but can it can only. it be kind of disturbing at times as well when you when you make that psychic yeah. connection? Yeah, it's definitely scary. Um, we both put we've both been like put in the last minutes of some of these women's lives. You know, just that terror and being choked or um, getting these suicidal thoughts and all these really dark feelings that go with it. Um, It's definitely um, a draining experience and you have to really work on your kind of your spiritual guard because we call it the spiritual hangover. You're completely drained of all of your, yeah, all of your 
just energies and nutrients and life out of you. It's it's unbelievable, but it's definitely it's worth it just to make that one connection, even well, even if for just yeah. a second. Yeah, and I understand. I connect empathically with um, the spirits when when my team investigates. And um, it can be a very, it, depending on, you know, what the spirit is trying to communicate with me through the empathic, it, it can be really intense. So I would imagine yeah. if you're doing this with murder victims that, you know, I think it's intense when it's, you know, maybe somebody who was uh, killed in a battle during war or something. But you've got these murder victims, which is a huge, has got a yeah. like, huge psychic energy behind yeah. yeah, and for some yeah. for some of the things that were being backed up, um, I know in the cult murders uh, in the Freetown Forest, Karen Marsden um, was actually decapitated, and her head was used as a football, like, oh like you know, soccer, soccer ball, football. Um, oh, horrible. Yeah, and her, and her body was um, totally disrespected afterwards by um, by the individuals that murdered her, and it was. During the course of one of our investigations, that the word head came over the um, obelisk, and literally, I just lost it. I mean, I had deeply studied the intimate details of what happened to her in the last moments of her life, and I mean, it was horrifying. And then to have that kind of, you know, that word come out of the blue like that, I literally drop everything and scream. <laughs> and I'm not a screamer. I'm not, you know, I'm not shy. I'm not. I don't scare easily. Um, Mm -hmm. But those images replay in your mind um, from what you know when you're going out to do this research and you're faced with these um, pictures, um, crime scene photos, actual crime scene photos, and then it becomes real to you. And then all of a sudden, every single detail of everything that you hear while you're out there becomes an image in your mind burned in there. Yeah. So... Do you, sorry, Rick, do you want to go ahead? No, I was just going to, I wanted to, you know, to touch on more of a, uh, more of an organized crime, Uh, you know, living here in Chicago, we love our ghosts Mm -hmm. and we love our organized crime. And so it's like a perfect Mm -hmm. marriage too. Have you guys ever done anything as with, you know, organized crime? Not, not, Uh, of course, not work with organized crime, but, you know, investigate incidents. No, it's actually, um, we were able to be one of the first and only, um, groups to investigate Whitey Bulger's bar, um, Triple O's in South Boston. Um, it's an old stomping ground. That's where a lot of victims were, uh, sent their last moments of their lives that several crossed them. A lot of his plans were hatched there. Um, Mm -hmm. and, you know, I'm from Boston. That's where I grew up in. Um, it's just everybody knows somebody that ran with Whitey. And he's so infamous around here. I know, like, there's, there's a body found, like, 100 feet from my house. It was crazy back in the 90s. And um, just to be able to be in this infamous spot in South Boston was unbelievable. We actually caught and heard with our own ear, um, like, the body, like, a body being dragged down the stairs. Like, like, thud, 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 thud. Oh, thud, thud. great. The energy, it stains there. It's so dark and it's heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and we were almost at like the lookout, like by the window. And every time we got to like a, every time someone would walk by, the kid two would go off and it was, it was like one of our like 
earlier investigations, it was just really memorable and it's something, it's actually the scariest place I've ever been. And I've yeah. been to a lot of places over the past almost five years now. And I mean, I've been to asylums, I've been in death tunnels, I've been in morgues, um, and it is still the scariest place I've ever been. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So a lot of that you think has to do with just kind of the, the negativity of the energy there. Definitely. Oh, yeah, it was definitely trapped. You know, there are negative people running around doing bad things mm-hmm. to people, and that all sticks to them. The, the energy is sticky, and yeah. um, they're bound to just have that negative effect on their afterlife as well. It's going to stain. And I always like to say, as um, an individual, I, I do, I truly believe that human matter makes all the difference in the world, and DNA stains places, and their blood stains the inside of those places. And I feel like they're, in a way, embedded down there. You can still smell gunpowder in the basement, and these people were like, they were not playing games. And um, there would be loud crashes where we'd hear the dishes basically come down, and not as nothing would be moved, yep. nothing. And it would be like crashing. And we caught it all on film, and it was one of our, like Tina said, it was one of our earlier investigations, and um, it was actually a few, it was like a year or two before he was caught. Yeah, he was still on the run. It was really... So a lot of people around here were like, what are you girls doing? Like, are you nuts? Like, you're going to go in there and capitalize on Whitey's bar right now? Like, he's, he's not even, like, in prison. He, yeah. he was out at the time. He was second most wanted in America at that point. Isn't that kind of scary a little so, bit, though? Yeah. I mean, you know, the, here's Whitey. He can come after you any second. I mean, did that ever cross your mind? Um, uh I'm not not really so much him. him. Maybe not so much him, but a lot of people that are, you know, there's the Winter Hill gang and everything that um, a lot of people that are still existent. Somebody around here, like everybody knows somebody that knows. Oh, yeah, I have family. <laughs> we all got somebody. <laughs> <laughs> you know. And that, that is another circumstance with a lot of these, um, so a lot of these high crime areas that we're going in to investigate is that we are putting ourselves at risk going out. Um, we are females and we are going out in the middle of the night and in the dark and, you know, all alone. All alone. And there is that aspect and that element of fear and then, you know, wild animals and bugs and all that kind of good stuff. <laughs> But, um, but yeah, I think that adds to the investigation when you're able to kind of get your blood pumping also and yeah. put yourself in that position almost. Like, here I am, here we are, like, right here. If yeah. more happens. You're bound to conjure up something. So, absolutely. Right. Interesting. So, um, ladies in the paranormal, let's talk about that because I feel, <laughs> I feel that the paranormal is somewhat of a boys' club. Yeah, no <laughs> yeah, well, you know, and um, I, I'm part of a team that is mostly women. We have uh, two men on our team right now. Usually we only have one or none. So, so um, I, I, I'd like to hear your thoughts. Why do you think it is a boys club? And, you know, how do we attract more women into the field? Because women come in from a very different angle than men do i think we come in with more empathy and with it, it, it's just you know we approach it differently yep i have to agree with you there and i honestly i don't know why it's such a boys club i think it's almost like it's stuck in the 1950s where like women we have our place <laughs> ladies in, yeah in, well, in, <laughs> in the paranormal yeah no it is 
you know, all these teams, like, no offense, Rick, I, lo- I love the guys. You gotta have a, but there has to be a perfect balance and everything. But I feel like a lot of these agree. teams, they have the, the, the token female, you know what I mean? Um, but I think we're all here. I mean, I'm not a mother, but I think we're all born with that maternal instinct where we, we're just spiritual creatures. We're goddesses. We're <laughs> someone that we're just more connected. I feel like not more connected. I don't want to put guys out there we're connected like we're connected in a different way and we approach, yeah. we approach it's, things yeah. differently it's that feminine aspect and i think we're um just think of like everyday people i think people would be more prone to approach we approach people differently we, we're going to approach spirits differently and maybe they're more we're more approachable but um and that has the same thing to do with yeah. a lot of the residential cases that we um acquire is that people are looking for that, like Tina said, that maternal aspect of things. Um, mm-hmm. They're dealing with some pretty embarrassing private things. A lot of these people are not wanting to be haunted. You know, they're on the Bible Belt. They're not trying to get attention. And, sure. you know, they're reaching out right. because they are looking for that empathetic ear. And sometimes it's just naturally easier to talk to a woman. I mean, I choose female doctors. It's just it's, I don't have to explain things, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So yeah. I feel as though that lends a lot to the paranormal also to be a little bit mothering or nurturing to an individual that's going through a horrific haunting circumstance. Yeah. Sure. Well, you know, I, uh, I've, I've been, I, I was doing this long before it became, you know, cool or whatever. And mm-hmm. uh, it's always, I've always had more contact with uh, female investigators. I've, been involved with groups where, uh, like, a, a McHenry County Paranormal Research Group was largely female. Um, my partner that I've been working with now for, you know, eight years, Amy Hessian, um, she is a shark when she's on the case. I mean, mm-hmm. she's a great interviewer and she gets right down into the meat of it and she'll, she'll, she'll tell me she's like, this person, this person's full of shit, you know? Yeah. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, intuition. it's, Exactly. So it's like, it's, yes, there is kind of like a, you know, a bros kind of thing. Like, you know, like, like some of my friends and I, we call it bros adventures, you know, (laughs) Yeah, but I call them the para bros and they're, you know, Uh, yeah, they're, they're out there. Yeah. I think us as a team, I think a lot of women are like this and men, we don't provoke. We're going to treat the living and the dead the same with respect. Right. And I think a lot of women are kind of against provoking. And I think Mm -hmm. we're just going to get different responses than men would, especially being in these these places that were once inhabited by only men, where women, you know, like putting ourselves on battleships where all the the crew is men or these jails where all men. So it's um, definitely a unique response. Very unique, very different. And I think especially putting yourselves in those situations, as a female, a little bit more risky, definitely going to conjure up a different response than um, any guy could get. Yeah, and I found the obelisk. I, you know, I have four boys, and uh, the obelisk has said Tina's name a bunch of times before when we were in Gettysburg, and I started getting jealous, and <laughs> I started saying, you know, can you say my name? And when it said mommy, it kind of validated for me that I mean, I am a mommy. So then it was, it was like, okay, I got your name. Yeah, you got it. You got it, kids. So, um, so yeah, there are times where um, I think that even with the child spirits, that we are able to conjure up something a little bit different. Um, my sister's pregnant, 
and during the investigation, it changes things. If there are situations where there's nursery set up or different things like that, they, you know, she gets sent into that area right now because I think that that would evoke as much of a response as, you know, as you can get pretty much. Um, you put on a sailor's garb when you go on a shift and it's like for different reasons, it spikes activity and you're able to kind of get a different response and it is unique every time. And um, like Tina was saying before, these um, spaces are haunted predominantly by men. You know, you send a couple girls in there and they are getting their hair pulled. and Right. Or even attention. like, it's funny, like if they're all inhabited by men, then you're gonna, as a woman, you're going to get a different response. And if they're inhabited by women, you're going to get a different response as a fellow female. Yeah. But I think we just got to leg up on the guys. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and I think... Yeah, and I think the more um, the more the genre opens up, the more that a lot of females are going to be able to showcase their abilities um, and their strengths in the field. Um, and, you know, I mean, I'll just put it out there. But there are a lot of these macho boys, and they're going around, mm-hmm. and they're peacocking, and it's, the shows are winding up to be all about the investigators, and mm-hmm. we're just ready to make it all about the ghosts again. Like, See, and okay, I like, like that. It's It's... That's it. Well, there's two things. First of all, the shows are about two things. They're about the investigators and they're about ghosts as entertainment. And both of those things are exactly the opposite of what I think paranormal investigation should be about. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. It's about the investigators showcasing a lot. And I think that that's, um, you know, it's great to have personality. It's a great, it's great for entertainment value um, all the time. Right. So it's going to sound like we show a lot of like our lives in our stuff that we do show, but I think it becomes relatable to the situations. You know, like I am an artist, I'm a singer, and if we're in a theater, I'll sing, I'll suck up activity. And Rachel, she's a mom, and she's a um, she's Native American, and she makes soaps and everything. And if we're in these different places, that that's relatable as well. So I think respectfully in- integrating, our, you know, our own personal lives is is aligned there. So. Yeah, and we're not running around, you know, throwing our shirts in the air, talking about, like, Hello? let's get this on, like, are you guys still there? Yeah, I'm still here, Rick. Did you, are you having trouble, Rick? I think Rick may have dropped. Are, are you, you guys can hear me, right? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm still here. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Rick, we can hear you now. Oh, now we do. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm st- <laughs> Okay, well, it's Sometimes all good. We're all we're all here. It's all good. End. I'm I'm the one who's supposed to be dropping off. Remember, although the wind has died <laughs> down for the windows, <laughs> the windows have stopped buckling for a few minutes. So fingers crossed, oh maybe. Goodness. Oh, good. Yeah. Jeez, that's scary. Ah, uh, you know, I I live on the west coast. This uh, is this is what we get. <laughs> <laughs> we have earthquakes and windstorms here. <laughs> Oh my God, that's horrifying! Yeah, that's, <laughs> no, it is. I couldn't feel it. But it's also very there, pretty, so it's all, it's okay. <laughs> I, yeah, I get half and half. It makes up for it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we were we, we were um, out in LA a few times last year, loving it. Oh yeah, LA is pretty too. It's it's nice mm-hmm. weather down there. I'm a, I'm up by Seattle though, so you know this is our oh. this is the rainy season. Oh yeah, yeah. We get a lot of that in New England too, believe it or not. But like, oh. You guys live in a great area of the world for paranormal activity. I have to tell you, I'm just a little, I'm a little bit jealous of you. We've got really, we've got great stuff out here too, but 
I, I really am envious of, of some of your ghosts out there. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it's just, it's so, the history is amazing. Yeah, we have, I have like, yeah, I'm like, my family actually dates back to like um, the early 1700s. I have some settlers here, right in Plymouth. Um, I don't know if they were in Plymouth Plantation, but I know he was in Plymouth, so. <laughs> but, yeah, your roots are here. Yeah, my roots. They're here. <laughs> Very cool. So now you guys do a web show, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tina does a web show. No, we do our yeah. end, which one? No, PXP. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we were still. <laughs> Duh. Was like, yeah. oh, that paranormal show? No. <laughs> oh, that one? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. Sorry. So, um, so is that an affirmative answer? <laughs> yes. Yeah, we, we haven't done it in a while. We yeah. actually, um, we started doing um, the production of the True Crime Paranormal and kind of making it more like movie status. Yeah, like documentary style. Um, but yeah, oh, we, like were, we were doing our own little like webisodes for a while, um, focusing on different, you know, legends and lore and different cases yeah. and having fun getting to know ourselves a little yeah. better. And like um, kind of um, presenting the evidence in like a stylistic way so it's like we do the research we do everything but like why not present it in a really cool fashionable way um, cool music <laughs> but, um yeah we're focusing on the documentary but we're um kind of focusing um working on some exciting things that we really can't disclose right now but hopefully okay. in the near future we will be able to <laughs> um, talk about it more yeah. yeah so we're yeah we're just in the midst of um a a pretty cool project and so we're waiting for that to come to fruition right now and then of course we'll be back on and be like hey here <laughs> we are here now um so yeah but right now we um we're just trying to build up our caseload and um we really try to keep a healthy balance we're, we go hunt no matter if it's on camera off camera we're yeah. constant it's like we never stop Great. Um, so Great. we focus on right now even just the small time things that we enjoy doing going back to our roots and just sitting there in the dark in the cemetery with an EMP yeah. recorder, you know, like, and nothing else. And sometimes getting back to the basics after you get to, to the point where you're in these asylums and these residential homes, like, uh, you, you really feel, you start feeling the, the, the load. And yeah. being part of the community and being judged as part of the community all the time, it's like sometimes you just wish that you could go back to crawling under a rock and just, you know, doing your thing with your <laughs> hanging out with yes. dead people and not yeah, I know people. that's really what it's all about, isn't it? It it sort it of is. starts to become about other things sometimes we, that you don't want it to, but I understand. Hey guys, we've reached the top of the hour and we need to take a quick break. You can stick around for another twenty minutes or so, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Perfect. Okay, so let's do this. We're going to go to break. Um, and we're having a great conversation with Tina and Rachel, so stick around. We'll be back. This is Paranormal Underground Radio on hazyradio.com. You are a waste, a loser. Everyone hates you. You just stay in your car and keep driving. I'm serious. Drive until you run out of gas and get out of your car and walk until you find someone who doesn't think you're dumber than bricks. Could take a while, but at least all that walking might burn a couple of calories. You may not witness bullying like this every day. Your kids do. They want to help, but they don't know how. Visit StopBullying.gov to learn safe, simple ways your child can help stop bullying. Be more than a bystander at StopBullying.gov. A message from the Ad Council.
Hi, this is Hazy, and you're listening to the Hazy Radio Network. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Paranormal Underground Radio at hazyradio.com. We are your hosts, Karen and Rick. Uh, for the last 45 minutes or so, we have been talking to Rachel Hoffman and Tina Starr of uh, Paranormal Expeditions as well as True Crime Paranormal. We've had like, a fascinating conversation about crime as and the paranormal. So thank you so much for sticking around for another segment, guys. Oh, of course. So I want to get back to the victims of the crimes for a minute, if you don't mind. Because I want to ask about um, when you connect with them, are they stuck here as spirits? Um, What do they communicate with you? And is there any way that they can move on in such a way that, that they're no longer reliving this painful last few minutes of their lives when maybe the rest of their lives were pretty great. Yeah, I definitely think that um, when we come across these victims, they are, they're intelligent. You know, um, I've, I've seen and, and dealt with spirits that have learned and grown and, you know, and, and seem to mature in some ways. Um, Mm -hmm. And so when we go out there, it's, it, the response is just like if I was talking to you um, about, you know, how are you? What are you feeling? What are you thinking? Um, the messages are words that have to be pieced together um, in the end. But usually they're pretty predominant messages. Um, the girls want to be heard. They want to be, they want you to know that d- these details are what are going to link you to them. Um, for instance, um, there's a girl that was killed on a bike out in the Fall River area. And so she says, bike, you know, so that we'll be able to relate what's going on back to her and her situation. And she was 15, and she said 15 as well. And then she talked about a dance. And then, you know, there was different times where it's just the the overall sadness knowing that someone's life was robbed from them and they were in the midst of such a beautiful life. And um, sometimes I feel like uh, we, we are in the area that is infamous, uh, the Bridgewater Triangle. I don't know if you guys have heard of that out here. Yes, yeah. yes definitely have. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> and so we're dealing with some of the perimeters of the Bridgewater Triangle. So there are the phenomenons going on out there, and there are the horrific circumstances anyway, the the high crimes, um, the, the, the availability to the highways over there. You know, you can dump bodies and just get on the next highway. So it's easy access for someone to be able to use it as a dumping ground. And that's what we felt as though had happened um these, the two girls that are missing in the case that we had just worked on, we felt as though we made a special connection with them. Um, we get, we actually got coordinates. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we asked them where they were and in a timely manner got an intelligent response. And how did, how did you cool. get the coordinates and the response? Um, we were using an obelisk and I said, you know, can you just help us locate you? And it said, turn round north mountain and it usually does not go that quickly yeah. to be able to spit out a sentence it's just based off the phonetics and the english dictionary and we had yeah. it on dictionary mode and um and this was what it spit out and so i had my navigation system there's a mountain behind us and it said uh like six or marker six and we're just said the, the word six and there's these mile markers along the trail and so we turned around north and we decided to stop at this one spot and we got a lot of activity there um there's a garden it's a bridge and all these specific things the location and we look at the marker and it said six 
we were able to kind of piece together that that's where they were directing us. That's where they wanted us to go. And um, we actually went there multiple times, and every single time it said it in a different way, like go back. Um, so if we were, if, yeah, if we were turned around in the other direction, it would actually tell us to go, like the, the coordinates would be backwards to lead us back to the same yeah. spot. And also giving us details about the area, um, whether or not that's where they were and whether or not that's where they wanted us to go for one reason or another. Mm -hmm. um, we found a bench out there, and it was like a little garden area. Um, and so we did, uh, you know, we, we tried to keep it spiritual, and we did some, um, we opened with some candles. We are big believers in opening and closing the investigation. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so we went out to open up the lines of communication. And sometimes during those times, that's when you get the most, um, the most activity. You know, you're, you're being led. I mean, that's a, that's a, an adventure within itself. Um, going somewhere, being told specifically where to go next when you're asking, yeah. when you're searching. It's like geocaching so, with ghosts. Right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's absolutely fascinating. So then this place that they led you, is that where their bodies were? Um, I don't know. Yeah, we don't know. No. Unfortunately, um, even though I, I am able to use the um, certain aspects of biotechnology, a lot of the um, a lot of the material and DNA has been dematerialized due to the um, amount of time that's passed. Mm -hmm. And um, just being able to have that kind of coverage we were led to another area, and we are going to outreach for the funding to be able to open the case up again. Um, situations like that aren't cheap. Um, they, you know, sure. you have to go in and you kind of have to be coordinated. And a lot of the problem um, with these unsolved crimes is the fact that they don't have the funding to reopen them afterwards. And like you were saying right. before, if they, they are being chosen because they're a minority or because they're prosecutors, or, you know, because they won't be missed supposedly, um, and so that also, it, it lends another issue, um, their lifestyle, yeah. um, they're very hard to track, um, so, mm -hmm. you know, the, all those things. Um, and but so everybody back, has somebody who will miss them. Yeah, I totally agree, and I, I've seen the family members actually, they're outraged that, you know, nothing's been done further um, in, in all these circumstances, and nobody wants to deal with an unsolved murder. Um, oh, and I think people deserve closure. I, yeah, and I think that's another good point about what you brought up as far as being able to move on is, um, is you know, do do we really have a vendetta in the afterlife against these people that took our lives? Are we really, like, that concerned? Um, I, I do believe that in a way, like I was saying before, DNA, is those particles, they stain physical matter can stain an area and that's what lends to the residual activity where you hear the person being killed at three o'clock every day every day it's like a constant the bell ringing well it's that's that, those... that energy is so great that it imprints itself right i only yeah. think it's a portion i don't think it's the whole oh, person I do too. just like if no, you, if you lost yeah. your arm you know you're not it's not you're not gone just because your arm is gone and right. to what extent does that end Mm -hmm. You know, um, and so I think that that's part of it. You can go back to these locations. I mean, I think that, you know, a spirit can be among the cosmos and here at the same time. We have a limitless um, availability, um, and it's not one that our, our little human minds can sometimes comprehend um, right. how it's all connected in, in such a larger scale than we're able to really 
conceive. Right. Well, right. I agree with you because I think that I am both here and on the other side at the same time. And, you know, I'm a living, breathing human yeah. being. But there's the greater part of me that exists over on the other side that facilitates many of the things that I'm able to do and accomplish in the physical form. So, yeah, I truly, I truly believe that. I truly believe that. Um, and I've seen doppelgangers um, multiple number of times, uh, people that I know. Um and so I do believe our, our, our energy is not, this is our house, this is our core, this is where we are and this is who we are, but our spirit is so much more. And the capabilities, um, you know, it passes that level, you know. Right. The, the, the standard is just for us to be, you know, a whole human being. But like I sure. said before, if, if you lose your arm, it's not like you... it's not like you're gone. You're still you, you know. You can, and, and to what degree does that end, like... How right. much of yourself do you lose before you're dead? You know, before you're not, before you're no longer considered living. Right. And um, I think we can we continue living, and it's just in a different form. I absolutely agree, and that leads to perfectly to my next question because I mentioned <laughs> earlier that you have written an article or an editorial for Paranormal Underground. And one of the things that you talked about is is paranormal investigation and spirituality. And so I'd be really interested because, to me, paranormal investigation is incredibly spiritual. As a matter of fact, it is more spiritual to me than anything else. So I'd be interested in your take on it and, and why you feel the, or how you feel the spirituality connects to the, to the ghost hunting. Oh, of course. I mean, hello, we're trying to make contact with people that have already passed away <laughs> you know it's the whole thing in itself is entirely a spiritual process and i think it's wonderful that nowadays we have scientific technology to help us prove the existence of the spiritual realm um but i i think i'd be a fool to deny the spiritual aspect of it because that's what it is in its entirety that's just me um uh, it has to be <laughs> it's like no other explanation for me but um i don't know i think we don't know the answers. Like, are these people stuck here? Is it residual? Do they leave an imprint? Why are some intelligent? Why are some residual? Um, I think that's the beauty of it. And we're all just here kind of trying to make that assumption for ourselves and try different theories and try different spiritual and scientific techniques. But um, it definitely is a spiritual um, spiritual process. Definitely. Yeah, and I and I feel as though, and I, I, I'm not, I'm not, talking crap about anybody but i'll just be i'll be the one that puts it out there i i don't like the way that the ghost hunters go into a facility and say that a place isn't haunted because they didn't catch enough paranormal evidence to suffice that <laughs> okay thank you um, thank feel, you for saying this i agree completely <laughs> yeah I, I feel as though discounting someone's personal experience is a lot like saying someone's lying and i'm not going into someone's place of business or their home to discount the experiences that they've been having. If anything else, I'd like to capitalize on them um, and make them feel not so alone. Um, yeah. You can deny, you can be as skeptical as they come and you can see a ghost walk right by you and slap you in the face and you could still be denying it. You can still come up with a logical reason. And so when you're basing things off scientific equipment solely and you're not getting something that suffices to you as evidence and then you're discounting the haunting, um, I've seen businesses injured uh as a result, um, every place is haunted, damn it, because every, yeah. someone's died everywhere. So it's not like it's that hard to come up with, um, you know, conjure up some activity in any area in America or anywhere around the world for, for that matter. 
right. you know, we're buried on top of buried on top of. Yep. So it's not, you know, it's not hard for me to believe that these places that are truly, truly haunted and that have been, um, you know, international, um, even, e- even right here that have been, uh, just immoralized basically mm-hmm. for the haunting and then to have the group of ghost hunters go out and not just ghost hunters of different teams that just rely. Right. I'm talking about the things and their thermal things. The ones that have, <laughs> the ones that have that national attention is what I'm talking about. The yeah. ones that are able to hinder a business just by saying, I didn't see anything. I didn't feel anything. I'll give it that final F stamp. And, um, you know, I don't like that. I really feel as though, um, you you can't just go in a place for eight hours and know what it's like to occupy that space all the time. That's right. right. Um, Absolutely. You know, and well, and not only that, but it, it sometimes things in a haunting may have more to do with people who are there, the energy of the Definitely. people that bring it. You know, so so what if I invite you to my home because I say my home is haunted, but then you don't want me here because you want to experience it yourself. And yet what if most of that activity is centered around me? As soon as I leave that house, where's that activity yeah, gonna right. go? It's not gonna be it's not gonna be there anymore. Right. right. That's what we usually do, um we'll do it by ourselves and bring the people that are, you know, used to being in the location all the time because They'll, they're going to be able to piece together certain words and conjure up different activity, just like you yep. said. Uh, yeah. they, they're definitely, spirits are more drawn to different people, like little magnets, or they just, they tend to latch on and like somebody. So it's. Yep. Uh, yep. I am a ghost yeah. magnet, so I understand. <laughs> hey, ladies, I, I, you guys have been fascinating to talk to, but we've actually Very. come to the point now where I wish we had like another couple of hours, but unfortunately we don't. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah, so amazing. Thank you we so have much. Come to, <laughs> we have come to um, what I like to call shameless self-promotion corner, and it is exactly what it sounds like. So this is where you can tell, okay. tell our listeners anything you'd like them to know about how they can find you or anything you'd like to promote. Go. Okay. Um, I had to like make a little cheat sheet because the last radio show I totally forgot everything. But um, <laughs> so, right so, so right now we're actually doing a really wonderful thing on December 20th. Um, if you're in the New England area, we're um, actually hosting a ugly Christmas sweater party. Um, and it's all for Toys for Tots for a really wonderful cause. It's something that's really dear to our hearts. And that'll be December 20th at the British Beer Company in Walpole. Um, we're pre-selling tickets, but they'll also be available at the door. It's $10 plus a new toy, not wrapped in anything. Um, but that's really an awesome cause that we're really, really excited. So get an ugly sweater and come hang out with us. Um, so yeah, we're just really excited. Um, that's brought to you, uh, uh, that's brought to you by us. We've been dying to do it. And also Ingenuity Challenge, our wonderful agent, Sean Stowe. Um, we also, um, just actually, Really exciting news. We got third place in the Chicago Paranormal Film Festival. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Yeah. So we totally forgot to like, I I totally forgot about it. I was really excited about that. Um, and then we'll just, we're posting everything on our Facebook. Um, you can buy this Paranormal X editions with an X, no E. Um, paranormalexeditions.com. We're on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, all the wonderful social media outlets. (laughs) Um, and we'll be, um, yeah, posting all the upcoming events and all that jazz. <laughs> so, um, anything you want to mention? Um, oh my gosh, you're so good. Tina. I don't think <laughs> I have anything else to offer. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, sorry that was a mouthful, but yeah. No, that was that was absolutely fine. You know, yeah. you, you did really well. You got it in in about two to three minutes. That's that's <laughs> Thank perfect. You. Yeah, and uh, we're very concise. Paranormal makeup. So you can find that soon. There'll be uh, more info coming soon. Okay. Well, thank you guys so much. It's been really fun having you on the show. And I hope you come back and talk to us again. Definitely. definitely Well, we had a great time. Thank you so much. Happy holidays. Yeah, you too. Have a great evening. Thank you. Bye, guys. Uh Uh-huh. Good night. Good night. All righty. There you go, guys. That was a fascinating conversation because, like I say, true crime, paranormal, come on. Right? Yeah, it's... it's, you know, it's a it's a it's a win win. Yeah, totally. Well, you know, true crime isn't necessarily a win, but they 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 go together oh. very well. They yes. go together like a horse and carriage. Right. Yes, like love and marriage. Um. Okay. Butter so, talk. Cheryl. Hey, gang. How's it going? Well, fine. Nice. It's nice that you're still here with us. I'm still. Oh my we, gosh. We I made can't... it through with very few mishaps. I know we yeah. have ten minutes left, but I'm feeling pretty optimistic for the last ten minutes. Yeah, and I was like, it went by so fast, I couldn't believe it was time to go already. So I thanks know. To yeah, Rachel they had some Tina. interesting stuff to great. talk about. Yeah, great stuff. Hopefully, they'll come back again. Ah, uh, yeah. How could they not? <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. That's all I'm saying. All right. So, um, what do we have coming up? on future shows well uh next week which is december 18th we will be talking with rob st helen oh yay yay awesome yeah and rob's a paranormal investigator and he um is he a psychic or does he call himself something else he does not call himself that okay but i will tell you that my experience with rob is that he definitely has abilities okay well he is a paranormal investigator and he used to actually write for paranormal underground magazine and he wrote tales from the haunted heathman hotel which is where he worked and which was um, a very haunted location and now he's moved on to work at a new location when he's had some really intriguing experiences there and so he's coming on next week to talk about that and it's going to be really fun well and not only that but i'll just give you a little sneak preview because i think i can because Mm -hmm. rob is a very good friend of mine and um gosh how long has it been do you think it's been like six months ago it was this Mm -hmm. summer i think rob Mm -hmm. almost died yeah yeah um at at the old wheeler hotel and he feels that there is some connection there and he's going to talk about that so it'll be an interesting, interesting. Not like they tried to kill him any, or anything like that. <laughs> just, just wanted to put that out there. But, yeah. but that he feels like the reason that that he had this medical emergency. And I, I'm not kidding you. We, we really kind of thought Rob was going to die. Um, but the, he thinks that there's a reason that he had this medical emergency there, mm-hmm. and that the spirits there had something to do with it. Yeah. So yeah. it'll be an interesting conversation and. Plus, he's just an all-around great guy. You know, we share custody of Leonard, our little Wellington ghost. He doesn't come around as much as he used to, but he still pops in from time to time. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's going to be really interesting. Um, it's been a quite quite a while since Rob has come on the show and talked to us, so I'm really excited to have him back on and really glad yeah, he's here to Rob. talk to us. Yeah, yeah cool guy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then we will be off for two weeks after that. We'll be off for Christmas. 
yes. obviously. And then we will be off for New Year's Day. And then we'll yes. be back on the 8th. And I am working on a killer lineup for January. So stay tuned or visit paranormalunderground.net. And we announce our future guests on the, the website there, too. Um, that sounds good. And tell me what Mr. Chucky G has coming up tonight. Mr. Chucky G, immediately following uh, Paranormal Underground Radio, has on Yvonne Perry. Yvonne is a minister, teacher, and metaphysical author. Ooh, cool. I may stick around cool. and listen to that. You should. You know, if, be good. If, if the power stays on, the wind has yeah. sort of died down a little bit. You made it. I well no because it's supposed to go on all night long. Oh, so yeah. But Tanner <laughs> Tanner is out with my car now. He's been home for you know yeah. an hour and he's already taken my car out to go see people driving around in the wind. I hope a tree doesn't land on him. Oh, he's gonna be fine. I know. Well, you know the thing is, when he's at college, I don't worry about him because he's away at college and I don't really have to see where he's going and what he's doing. But as soon as he he's home, I worry again. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're a I mom, of course. You. I mean, you know, I'm I, I'm sure my mom still worries about me, I guess. I don't know. Oh, my mother does. Uh, she she tries to pretend that she's not worried, but she she totally is. Right. So, but but it's different. I I mean, it's really strange when he's at college. It's not that I don't worry about him, but it's like I don't know that he's out on a Friday night or I don't know that you know what I mean, where when he's here and he's got my car. I know that he's out, and I know that he's, you know, that's all. Sure. Yeah. All right, so we have good stuff coming up um, on Chucky G's show after this, and I'm going to try and stick around and listen. We'll see. Oh, like I say, I was telling uh, telling everybody at the break, I, I went through this thing where I was driving for six hours with a fire hose being shot at me, and so it's really stressful when you're driving like that. And so I was stressed for like six, six and a half hours, and I got home and I was wired from being stressed. And you know how when you've been really stressed and then really wired, then all of a sudden you yeah. hit the wall and you like want to go to sleep immediately? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. where I am right now. <laughs> so... <laughs> Well, I Who hope knows? You I, I may it. listen or I may I may wind up falling asleep. Yeah. If I don't respond to anybody in the chat room during Chuck's <laughs> show, I fell asleep. You're not being rude. You're just <laughs> all right. Or or my power went out. You know, right. it's it's one or the other. <laughs> we won't be offended. All right. And so we talked about magazine coming out. We yep. talked about upcoming shows. Um. So I think we talked about everything, right? I think we did. Well, that's very good. Bob says he. He missed the dead air. We usually get at least once during the shows. We do not. Okay, Bob, thanks a lot. Bob. I think he's dead referring air. to my, no, to, I was like, I was like a couple weeks in a row. I was like totally involved in the chat room or something. And then like Chad's in back of me. Yeah, you know, there's dead air, right? I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to be playing some music here. <laughs> oh, so Cheryl is, I was going to say, because I, it was, I talk yeah, so much that me. whenever there is even, if if it looks like there's going to be even like, a second of dead air, I panic and start to talk. If you listen mm-hmm. to the show, you've heard me do it a zillion times. And it's just because if there's a pause of too long, I start to panic. I, I fear dead air. So. Yeah. <laughs> dead, dead air will kill you hey, every time. All I have to say to Bob is just wait. You don't even have to wait long. You'll have some dead Bob air. Bob says talk okay. about Karen's new book. <laughs> right. Apparently, Bob read my book and, and seems to have enjoyed it. So thank you, Bob. <laughs> you, I'm glad that one person bought it. I have a fan. <laughs> I'm not your biggest fan, Karen. You know, uh, I did that book signing last Friday night. Oh, how'd that go? And, 
Show. It was fun. It was it was um interesting. So I'm there with my three little books, right? And I'm sitting next to Chief Roy Wilson, who is the honorary chief and shaman of the Calitz Indian tribe here. He's a wonderful man. He brought 16 of his 37 books he's written. I oh, felt like God. such a freaking underachiever with my three books. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of funny. 16 of his 37 books. I bought two of them. <laughs> so, anyhow, nice. okay, so... <laughs> I'm now I'm now I'm beyond tired. Now I'm punch drunk. So that means it's time. It's time. It's time to be off the air, folks. So thank you, everybody, for listening to Paranormal Underground on Hazy Radio. We'll be back next week, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. Other times in the flyover states. You guys have a great evening. Good night. Good night. You'd like to be a guest on Paranormal Underground Radio? Email editor at paranormalunderground.net. Until next time, keep exploring the unexplained at ParanormalUnderground.net. Please join us next week for Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network.